0: Point Magoo. It is a beach part of Ventura County just outside of Malibu and it's one of my favorite places to come to when I want to just get the hell away from my noisy ass neighbors. So it is Sunday, August 8th Today is the last day of the Tokyo Summer Olympics and the show that I'm discussing is called Reply 1988 which starts off with the Seoul Summer Olympics from 33 years ago. Reply 1988 is the third installment of the Reply series or Answer Me series and it's written by writer Yi Jung who is a very versatile writer. She worked on several Korean variety shows that I really love including Heroin 6 and the first season of Two Days, One Night, which I watched obsessively when I was living in Korea from 2009 to 2010. Uh, Yoo Jung also wrote Grandpa's Over Flowers. She wrote Three Meals a Day. She wrote A New Journey to the West and Yoon's Kitchen, which features the illustrious Oscar-winning actress Yoon Yee-jung. Yoo Jung is also the writer of Hospital Playlist, which is in its second season right now on Netflix, As We Speak. And to be honest, I like season two better than season one of Hospital Playlist. Hospital Playlist isn't exactly as sprightly and jovial as the, the Reply series are because we're dealing with somewhat older characters. I mean, they're all supposedly in their 40s, so they're a bit slower. But I don't know, I, I, I still think she's a great writer. Reply 1997 and Reply 1994 have so many overlaps and overlapping cast members and some of the storylines, they do cross paths, but they're distinct shows, meaning each show is its own show. They're not seasonal, okay? And Reply 1988 is similar, right? There's this one story or character overlap towards the end of Reply 1988, but... The Reply series, as I mentioned, they're not in seasons, so they're not three seasons, they're just three different shows, all written and directed by the same people. And each show uh, has a new cast, but the exception is Hong Dong-il and Yu Lee-hwa, who play the parents of the female protagonist in every single Reply series. In fact, Song Dong-ye makes a couple of cameo appearances in Hospital Playlist as well. And this is usually the case. The writer of a Korean drama does have a lot of say in that she'll pick an actor or actress that she really likes and try to have them, uh, you know, recur in all of the shows that she writes. Reply 1988 was a career-shifting show for basically everybody that appeared on that program, all right? So... Hitty of Girls' Day was already very well known for being a K-pop star, right? But this show earned her like massive clout as a serious actress and the amount of endorsements that she got as a result of this program is like unbelievably high. Uh, in fact, a few years ago she showed up on the Korean talk variety show Happy Together with Yoo jae suk and she was crying over how guilty she feels for getting so much more attention and money than her Girls' Day colleagues. That's how big of a show this was. It really catapulted her career as an actress. Mm-hmm. Go Gyeong-pyo, Park Bo-gum, Roo Joon-yeol, and Lee dong all have careers as actors. They all had a career as actors already, but this show boosted their popularity like to the next level. And uh, you see all four of them regularly in movies and TV shows now. A little bit of goss. Well, it's not goss. It's actually just a fact. Uh, Yu Jun-yeol and Haeri started dating about a year after Reply 1988 ended. And I was, to be frank, I was a bit happy to hear that because Haeri was actually dating Tony Ahn from H.O.T. And I was like, Tony Ahn, you cradle-rocking piece of shit. Reply 1988 is the third and final installment of the Reply series and it's probably the best and my favorite. I think I watched this show about five or six times in its entirety already. And I cry every single time I watch it, okay? It has a lot of heart. It's super hilarious. The actor who plays Kim Jung-Bong, An Jae-Hong is his name. He cracked me up the most, right? Like, I don't know. He just has something about him. Uh, Lee Dong-hee is also hilarious. Lee Dong-hee plays Torong yong okay? And you can see Lee Dong-hee in the latest episodes of How Do You Play, which is a variety show that also uh, is hosted by Yoo Jae-Sung. And he's a remarkable singer. I mean, I was like really shocked to hear how amazing of an R&B singer Lee Dong-hee is, but he's very, very talented. Um, I think Lee Dong-hee is one of those actors who has like this vibe that's just likable both on and off screen. He plays Dorong-yong very well on Reply 1988 and he fits that character like a glove just so perfectly. Like finding a nice pair of jeans that you just write, like that's what this character was like for Lee Dong-hee and I think a lot of people feel similarly. It's interesting to see how in Reply 1988, like the laws and politics back in Seoul in the late 80s it's, you could kind of see it's evolutionary progress like year by year. It was happening very rapidly and fast. Um, This is an ongoing theme in all the Reply shows, but music is a huge proponent on on this program, okay? I really discourage you from watching any of the Reply series on Netflix or Viki if you're living in North America because they removed all the original music cues, okay? So I recommend that you watch it on Dramacool or some other site where they did not edit out the songs. There's one scene in particular when Thakson and Torunnyong are singing together, and it's this amazing scene, but Netflix cut it out because of the music cue issues. And I know I complain about this all the time, but I, I just don't think it's responsible of Netflix or Vicky or Kokoa to acquire these shows that they don't have all the clearances for, okay? That's just shoddy acquisition work. The way that the reply series delivers that particular generation's affect and social atmosphere is carried through by the music that that generation is listening to. So to remove all that music is really like burning cigarette holes into the original Mona Lisa, okay? It's just really fucked up. I won't say much else about the show because I think the show speaks for itself. It's definitely one driven by nostalgia, like just like all the Reply shows. But you can see some of the democratic evolution that settles into South Korea over time, okay? For instance, you catch glimpses of the student demonstrations that are in this show, uh, which is very, very significant. Student demonstrations and activism were a huge part of Korea's democratization. And you have to know that even though South Korea declared itself as a republic, they were dictated by military authority leaders who were basically fascists, all right? They murdered a lot of their own people. They suppressed and they imprisoned a lot of their own people. Many of them were students. And there was just a lot of political turmoil in the late 1980s. I mean, all throughout the 60s and 70s and 80s for sure. The question is where did these student protesters go after they graduated, right? And the sad thing is a lot of these student protesters in the 1980s, they went to elite schools. And once they graduated, a lot of them got cushy white collar office jobs and made some money. And that turned them politically conservative, right? That's what money does to a person. It makes a person lose touch with their humanity, forget the causes that they fought for. They become desensitized to a lot of the similar plight that still plagues current generations today, but they just completely forget it. So there's this sort of capitalist amnesia that sets in, right? And then they all become conservative, which is a sad thing to see. This this tendency also happens when people have children, right? When they have like a nuclear family, heteronormativity, like that kind of thing. That's also when conservatism starts to creep in. So how do you prevent this kind of debilitating change from happening, right? Like this kind of uh, political Alzheimer's, let's call it. An individual must always remember to stay in touch with themselves, right? What do I mean by that? I mean, an individual must know who they are, know who you are, know what you are, understand and know where your state of home is in your mind. This is very crucial. So you always have a home to come back to, right? I have some friends now who used to know what they were fighting for, but now they're just comfortable in their lifestyles and they don't care. They don't give a shit. And that's fine, but... You know, I also think that's sad. The more you have to say to rationalize your shitty choices, the more it means that you've lost your sense of self. You've lost touch with your state of home. All right, the other thing I want to talk about real quick is um, I do have merch. Uh, I ordered some magnets, like K-drama school magnets. So it it looks like this. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see it. If you're not watching on YouTube, I'll upload it on Instagram. Um, I'm not gonna open up a store online just yet because it does cost money and I just don't want to be in the red at the moment. So you could just Venmo me or PayPal me. Um, you could Venmo me at H-J at A-E-C-H-J-A-Y. PayPal is the same. A-E-C-H-J-A-Y at gmail.com is PayPal. Um, but yeah, if, if you want to order properly, just email me at kdramaschool at gmail.com and um, I'll just get your order started. And these are limited supply items, so get them while you can. Um, The set of two will be uh, $6. Get those. Uh, Also, I have eight copies of my book, Delhi Ideology, which you can order directly from me, all right? Like, I'll, I'll send you a signed copy of my book, if you email me at kdramaschool at gmail.com, you can order it by just emailing me and I will send it to you. Shipping and handling costs separate. All right. So, um, yeah, I got merch. Okay. Today's guest is Joe Von Hutch. He's a comedian, journalist, and lawyer. He grew up in Harlem and the Bronx, but he now lives in Berlin with his husband. And Joe is very funny. He offers a wealth of knowledge and he's a really good person, which makes him a truly lovable soul. So let's talk to Joe Von Hutch. How's it been? How's it been in Berlin? Um, let's see.
1: You remember the Berlin of like party and fun <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and freedom. Yeah. yeah, that's not the case anymore.
0: Oh, no. man.
1: No. Berlin under lockdown is kind of like what I imagined Cincinnati. Oh
0: Cincinnati. God, Lord, <laughs> it sounds awful. I didn't realize it was that bad. Just, what, what is there to do? What is there to do? I Nothing to f- do. Sit in your house, watch television, smoke meth. I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> right? See, we used to go to the clubs for that, you know? And now, <laughs> we don't even have
1: that. Ugh, at least put a little beat on it.
0: So you're going to come back to the States basically to just get vaccinated. So your family.
1: Exactly. I mean, so there was, there's a few things I need to do. Um, uh-huh. Mainly the vaccination is up there, but then also um, like I need a new passport.
0: Okay. And so
1: theoretically I could send my passport to the embassy from here and just wait to get a new one. Right. But that would also mean I was a black man in Europe without a passport. Oh. Mm-hmm. And you know they like to, they don't like to let it, so they like to catch and deport. So I'm not, I'm there's no 12 years of slave happening in my life <laughs> for me, you know, 12 years in Mogadish. I don't know where they would, they would find a place to send me. Well, he looks, I don't know, you they, they kind of look like he's, no, no. So I'm going home, yeah. right? Take my passport, fly home, get that new passport, fly back with it. Yeah. Thank you.
0: So, oh, that's great. Yeah. 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 Where does your family live in New York?
1: Uh, so, uh, historically Harlem, the Bronx. Nice. Harlem, the Bronx, but I do have to claim Staten Island now as well, as family out in Staten Island. <laughs> uh, so I know that ferry back and forth, and back okay. and, forth. Um, and uh, Brooklyn as well. So kind of a, no Queens.
0: Mm, it's okay. We're in Brooklyn.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. right.
0: We're in Brooklyn.
1: Um. So i don't even know the area
0: okay that's
1: a really good question there's like houses it's like <laughs> it's
0: probably it's like
1: family brooklyn
0: it's probably like sheep bay or bayridge
1: yeah
0: like out yeah there. yeah right down there yeah i um i lived in bayridge brooklyn when i was a child yeah so i remember houses and roses and things like that it was very like not city-like. Yeah. Exactly, yeah.
1: It's like, mm-hmm. there's a driveway. <laughs> like, right, Their driveway driveways. Yeah.
0: There was like an ice cream parlor, like a nearby ice cream parlor. And yeah, it was like very quaint and town-like. Yeah, Bay Ridge. Yeah, yeah I was like, okay, it's cool. That's that's awesome. um I love that you're from New York. That like makes me feel so good because, you know, it's like, it's hard to find like New Yorkers, like true New Yorkers, you know? Uh, but like New Yorkers get it it's like yeah. things that i don't need to explain like just get it and fucking a well well okay what uh what took you to berlin and like when when did you move to berlin
1: okay so yeah so berlin it started for free it was for free it could have been anywhere like so i'm like literally that joke but well, you can go in that would, it it would have been anywhere I was in high school and there was a scholarship announcement yeah. um to go spend a year it and it happened to be Germany. I was just—I wanted to get out of my high school at wow. that point. So I would have literally gone in sure.
0: there. Sure. Yeah. I knew
1: nothing about German. I didn't speak uh, Germany. I didn't speak German. Um, but I applied for the scholarship. Yeah. Got it. And so then I came here when I was 15 years old. What? um Not to Berlin. Not to Berlin. That would have been too much. <laughs> <I'm laughs> Fifteen-year-old. <laughs> oh, not. <laughs> I don't know, I'm a 16 year old, right? So, 15, <laughs> I was like out, <laughs> out uh, like in like Northwest, kind of like near Hamburg, kind of. Okay. Um, so, yes, I, I did a year there and I was like, oh my God, it's really fun being a teenager in Europe. Yeah. Like, I like this. Like, I have like things I can do, I like people I can see. Um,
0: yeah.
1: So, yes, yeah, so that was when I was 15, 16. And then I finished high school and then just like started coming back as much as I could. Mm-hmm. um so it's been like over 20 years that i've been coming back and forth to lord uh, germany yeah
0: it's some there's something about germany that is very like i don't know wonderful like i love germany i love berlin you know like that's why i keep going back whenever i can but yeah i don't know what it is it's just it's quiet you know <laughs> people it's are weird. quiet <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm talking about, it's quiet it's beer it's beer it's walking around with beers in your hands okay that's what it is
0: it's great say. it's great like i drank so many fucking brewskis while in berlin like just go to the park beer go to the pool beer go to the lake beer it's just beer all day man i quit drinking though during the pandemic oh. I don't know how that'll change once I go to Berlin. It's not like I'm sober or anything. I don't have chips, but yeah, I was just like, I think I'm over alcohol. <laughs> I was like, all right, bye. <laughs> I
1: mean, it's not fun when it's just you at home, right? Then it's just like, wow.
0: It feels pathetic. That's really the case. That was genuinely the thing. I was like, I feel like a loser getting shit-faced by myself like yeah, this, yeah. this is not fun i feel like an idiot i broke two wine glasses by myself you know it's like this is loser <laughs> shit <All> it's <right. laughs> a <is> stupid loser <laughs> shit i gotta were stop were you fighting yourself like how are you <laughs> it was an accident i was like i was like looking for something and i knocked the wine glass onto the floor from my coffee table and the stem broke and i was like oh grace now you have to clean up glass i like, is stupid like you know i'm already so klutzy like, why add alcohol to that? <laughs> you know, it's just dumb. I don't know. I was just like, when I was younger, I was like, when I turn forty, I'll stop drinking. You know, it's just because alcohol is not good for you in general. And it's like, I was like, I'll just set a deadline. Like by forty, I'll stop. But then, yeah, this past year, I was like, I'm just gonna stop now. Yeah, you know? I was
1: like, we've all been aged. So you know, the <laughs> pandemic has aged us just like hurled you past the 40 you thought you'd have a bit more dude time
0: did you find gray hairs like more gray hairs this like during this year because that's what happened with me like i was finding more grays in my temples which is like uh-oh mm-hmm. that's why I, like i got highlights because i was like I, I is this i don't feel good about this
1: so i love how you're pointing at your head for the gray hairs because i had this experience i was brushing my teeth have a little shirt off, brushing my teeth. And I'm like, oh, I've got some little fuzz on my chest. So I'm trying to like wipe off the fuzz. <laughs> <laughs> the fuzz is not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> fuzz is very happy where it is. Cause yeah. Go away all... fuzz. Yeah. 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 It's like, it just, yeah.
0: Oh, it's there. the white hairs. Yeah. I... No, it really did. Like this happened to everybody. Like everybody spoke to, they said they felt older, like age, the slower, you know, just all of that. Yeah. I think solitude and it's just, I don't think it's good for us. We're not meant for it. Yeah. Well,
1: that's why you're on, on the other side all vaccinated. Thank you for having that. <laughs> I, I, did you have to fight with anyone to get your vaccination? I got people on
0: I did it. It was very peaceful. There's a YMCA, like a five-minute drive from where I live and they just like opened up the YMCA parking lot and I got there very early. It was a very short line and I got the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, so one dose shot. Yeah. And then after right after the shot they have you sit for fifteen minutes just to monitor you and then they're like, Okay, you're good, bye. And I just like I think I got like a I think I got steam buns <laughs> on my way back home. <laughs> That's the thing about LA though, that like I mean in New York You know, if I want to get really good, like Asian food or Chinese food, you know, it's like, I'll go to Chinatown or I'll go to K-Town, I'll go to Queens, but in LA, there's like really, really good Asian food, like everywhere, fucking everywhere. It's Asians like in in California, like they got it down in all the supermarkets and being Asian in, in Cali is just like not weird you know Mm -hmm. like if i go up to the bay area or if i meet like a bay area asian american they have this bay area asian american confidence that us east coast asian kids lack you know because in the bay area being asian is like the norm there's so many fucking asians in the bay area that they just like they all just grew up seeing one another and Mm -hmm. nobody shamed them for bringing asian food to school or listening to like Asian music or media. It was just always cool. It was accepted. Whereas in the East coast, there was some shaming going on, you know, a lot of it was like internalized, like self-inflicted, but it was also like, because of that self-inflicted stuff and the presumption of the white gays and whatnot, like it just became hard for, I don't know, Asian American kids in the East coast. So the East coast Asians have this little damage, you know, that the Bay Area Asian American kids don't have. Well,
1: actually, yeah. So I remember I knew a guy in law school mm-hmm. who was like, I'm leaving to New York. He's uh, originally Korean. He's like, I'm leaving here to move to San Francisco. And I didn't get it. Right. Because I didn't know everything you're telling me right now. But he was basically mm-hmm. like, like, I want to have a life. I want to meet somebody. I want to be happy. So <laughs> yes. y'all can keep New York. This is not it. I'm moving <laughs> to San Francisco. <laughs> He's been there ever since.
0: Good for him.
1: Move state. Yeah. So. Yeah,
0: they got really good food in San Francisco too, man. But yeah, it's it's interesting, like living in the two coasts. Like it's interesting to note those kinds of things, like to grow up, feeling like your culture, your ethnic identity, um, all the things that you cherish and hold dear are weird or wrong is like it's an awful feeling to grow up with that, right? And now that I'm older, all this Korean shit is now popping. What the fuck? Like, all these bitches, like, <laughs> eating Korean food every day. All these bitches watching K dramas every day. All these bitches know the lyrics to K pop songs. I don't even fucking know them. It's like every day. And I'm like, where was this shit when I was in middle school and high school, huh? <laughs> all you bitches made fun of me. He's like, no, 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 no. You don't get to eat my food, you haters, you know? but it's also like because i went from brooklyn which is very diverse right like all like literally if if you look at my class photo every single student was of a different ethnic background it's like we had fucking like eastern european kids we had like all kinds of asian kids we had you know we had black students we had latinx students we had all kinds of like ethnic background it was super diverse and then my parents moved me and my brother for middle school and high school up to a super white part of New York in Rockland County. It's like near like Nyack and shit like that. Mm -hmm. But even in Rockland of all the schools, like Nyack is pretty diverse. Nanuet's pretty diverse. And then you go to my school at Pearl River, it's all fucking Irish Catholics. Like everybody's dads are like cops and firefighters everybody's firefighters, moms right, yeah. dude i was just those are the most racist motherfuckers. you know what i'm saying right and uh it was so awful like going to that all white school where even the teachers are all like irish catholic because like they literally grow up there and they become teachers you know what i'm saying and they start teaching at that school so it was like constant feeling of like shame and you know, I don't belong here. When I was in seventh grade, I remember distinctly we were learning about the Japanese quote unquote internment camps, right? Or quote unquote detention centers, which is what they call the fucking ISIS cages today. Um, so incarceration camps, right? We're learning about this. And literally every single Irish Catholic white kid in that class was like, i think it's great that america took measures to round up the japanese and put them away because we don't know we don't know what they're about they were like very blatantly unapologetically and confidently racist and my fucking teacher just like had no control over it she was just like wait 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 that's not why i'm teaching you guys this you got no 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 you're not we're we're critiquing the the steps america took we're not supposed to wait you guys aren't understanding and then this fucking bitch a week later okay so one week later when we're taking the history class again she fucking talks about how uh in low like in the local news a chinese food delivery man got murdered by three white teenagers over like a chinese food delivery because the kids didn't have money and i was like why are you bringing up a chinese food delivery guy right now you know it's like what does that have anything to do with japanese incarceration in america and then all of your students being racist what does that have any i was like are you conflating asians now like what's happening what's happening and you know i'm in there i'm like this is wrong i'm the only motherfucker in that class that was like this is wrong this is not cool <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't cool of america back then it's not cool what you guys are doing now is not cool and then all the kids are like great shut up you're not even Japanese look at Kyoko she's not saying anything I was like Kyoko never talks (laughs) I have never seen Kyoko talk in class ever (laughs) ever all right it's not about being Japanese or Korean it's about just being a human person and just realizing it's not okay to incarcerate people for no fucking reason other than racialized Meanwhile, exclusion. Meanwhile, of course,
1: you know, because we, we were only fighting World War Two against Japan, right, like I guess- <laughs> Only Japan. It was the week after that, they were gonna tell you about them other people, right? The Germans, <laughs> maybe, the Italians, maybe, like in week two after that.
0: And they're fucking fascists. They, they never talked about that. No, They were like, no, nah, no, nah, we're cool with the Germans. But, you know, like, it, it, even in American history, like, we know, like, the Germans were discriminated against in America. Like, the German Americans, they were highly discriminated against, right? Like, German business stores were, like, broken into... Ins- oh, that shit came up in history class, too. They're, like, a lot of German stores were, like, uh, like vandalized and stuff during World War II because of the propaganda. But I'm like, oh, you guys feel bad about that? How about the German store owners getting their store vandalized? Nobody rounded their shit up. Like the nazis murdered millions of jews nobody rounded up them right like during come on come on i was like this is not cool it's just very obviously blatant racism right and when people don't see that it drives me insane so like let me ask you this so i watched that ruth bader ginsburg documentary which is so good um and she said when you when i read the constitution i see all the people who were left out of the Constitution, right? So people of color, obviously, women. And then one of her colleagues in the, in the Supreme Court, who's very traditionalist, conservative, he says, I think you should read the Constitution the way it was written, word by word, word for word, take it literally. You should not interpret outside of that. So where, what's your take on that?
1: yeah so the constitution i mean it's i anyone who says you should read it word for word today is just ignoring the part where it says that someone like me is three-fifths of a person you know like i'm a full five-fifths you know sometimes (laughs) i give you a six-fifths depending on what's happening but no so it's like i as a black and this is why i I just don't understand you know clarence i don't understand clarence thomas Mm -hmm. i'm not saying people are any less black i'm just saying i don't understand him because, mm-hmm. how can you be a black person, how can you be a black jurist knowing that when this document was written, it wasn't just the time, it was written specifically to continue slavery. Mm-hmm. It was written specifically to uh, enshrine the power of the southern states to continue enslaving people to keep their political supremacy. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: until if you can give me a constitution that does not have that so called three fifths compromise in mm-hmm. it, you know, if mm-hmm. we could do a little updating. Mm-hmm then maybe I might be able to go, okay, let's rework for word. No, but until then, right. you know, it's, it's a document we have. It is the basis of our government. And, right. you know, short of amendments, we need judicial interpretation. And so mm-hmm. I think that's, it's just it's just nonsense to me. If, you know, if you look at guns, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, there's no way that these people then, <laughs> if there were the guns we have now, the weapons we have now, there's no way they would have written that the same way. Right. Also, and you know, I mean, I can go really, really deep down into it, the same people who say read the constitution literally are the same people who don't know how to read a comma <laughs> because that second amendment does not say that everybody and their mama can just go get a gun if they want. No, it says, let's go, a well-regulated militia being necessary for the defense of a free state, comma, the right of the people to bear arms shall not be infringed. You notice how all that right of the people to bear arms shall not be infringed comes way after what's Mm -hmm. important in that sentence. Mm -hmm. So a well-regulated militia being necessary for the defense of a free state. So, you know, sure, we could read it word by word, but I think that you can only do that if you literally read word and word and then forget everything you read before after, stop. (laughs) Okay, I found what I want. Stop. I I read, I found the word. The word is in the Constitution. It's the one I want. I'm gonna keep, let's go with that one. I want that one. Arms! You know, it's like, no, how about we read things in, how about we read full sentences? If we can't read in content, first start reading full sentences, then go out to reading it. Yeah. So, um, I know that's a good point. Whole living Constitution thing, I think, you know, it's just, we have to understand. Uh, courts are very conservative places. They don't like mm-hmm. being at the forefront of pushing out new laws. Mm-hmm. Um, when that happens, um, there's this, so in legal circles, there's this question of whether the Supreme Court creating uh, when Roe v. Wade, you know, the mm-hmm. woman's right mm-hmm. to have abortion, there's this belief that the whole debate about abortion might have died down if, like, Congress had passed those laws. Hmm. So there's, the the if judges are seen as being ahead of things, that's when hmm. people don't like it. But okay, I'll, so that's a Roe v. Wade, everyone talks about that. But then I oh. also, you know, the first law case I ever learned about was Topeka versus Brown, or Brown v. Board of Education, sorry, Brown v. Board of Education, which mm-hmm. is when the Supreme Court said, maybe it's kind of illegal and super unconstitutional to do this whole segregation thing, you know? So it's like, <laughs> yeah that they got right. And you know, I think, and so the problem is when people start arguing, no, the judge doesn't have this power, the, judge, the judges actually do have that power and judges should be using that power to go, what is the context in which we're living today? I had this old dusty document written by a bunch of <laughs> rapists, murderers, and thieves. <laughs> right? Like, let's call them what they were, but we know the, the founding fathers, you mean.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I. I I want to see that full family tree, okay? Because <laughs> I want to see family fathers, founding fathers. I want to see the full yeah. tree. Um, so let's <laughs> take off this old document to kind of, you know, just yeah. figure out what we're going to do in a modern pluralistic society.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They
1: did they, they didn't see America turning out this way.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> how could they have? I mean, how could they have envisioned Hamilton? <laughs> <laughs> there's no way. <laughs> there's no way they saw Hamilton coming. But that's so interesting what you say about this comma situation. So when you say I mean if the constitution says a well-regulated militia comma right to bear arms, then that means it's speaking of like the military, a well-regulated yes. militia. So only the military should have guns, not fucking regular civilian people. So even so for unregulated.
1: At, yeah, how how they were living at the time, right? So And we also have to understand the second amendment is specifically because they were afraid of, they had just fought a war against the British so they didn't want the British coming back. All right, fine, Mm -hmm. whatever. This is the other crazy thing. Um, (laughs) In our Declaration of Independence, I I forget it now, but it's called like, there's a phrase in our Declaration of Independence that refers to the savage Indian tribes.
0: That's, they don't
1: teach us that. Can we read word for word the savage Indian tribes? It's that. So they're afraid of the British. They're afraid of the savage Indian tribes (laughs) and they're afraid that, you know, these all, all the, all these millions of black folk that they're raping and murdering every single day. Right. They're afraid that they're going to like gang up. It's all out of fear.
0: They wrote it out of fear.
1: All out of fear. fear. It's all out of fear. And it was, you know, this white settler class. That was for as far as they were concerned, surrounded by enemies. Mm-hmm. And so the militia wasn't even the military, the militia was like, like whatever town you're in, there was like a militia, you know? So like right. five you just keep all your guns together and oh okay. well, like yeah. <laughs> either the, the the British or these Indians or these black people. Ah, get the guns. Um, right. And then each, so then that so the town militias became the state militias. And then the state militias, i um, not going to be able to give you the, the year, uh, we just got rid of state militias. We said no more state militias. So the whole point yeah. of the Second Amendment probably should have gone away when we got rid of the whole thing they were talking about. Once right. so there is no more New York state militia.
0: Okay. Huh.
1: But there's still this so-called right to bear arms.
0: Right. Oh my God, that's nuts. <gasps> <clears throat> okay. So the radical thing, the revolutionary thing would be to say, get rid of the second amendment because it is all wrong the way that we are, we have interpreted it today.
1: Th- that, and that's what some, so the, the and this is the other crazy thing. So the, this whole evolution of uh, the second, no one ever cared about the second amendment. Like the right. second amendment, it's not a thing that, ooh, second right? First of all, Americans don't read. Um, <laughs> so they <laughs> asking them to read and count is just unfair. <laughs> Right? Like
0: it's no fair. Yeah. You know,
1: like maybe pick one over the other. No, but I think it's a uh, the NRA uh just basically used like it became their issue to raise money. That's it. So even gun owners in the country, yeah, right, it's it's all about language. Gun owners are believe in sensible they don't like, gun control. like oh, gun control. No, they don't call it stop calling it gun control. Stop.
0: Hmm.
1: Stop. Call it gun safety. And then they're on okay. board. Yeah. Then they're on board. Guns, oh yeah, gun safety. So, gun owners are in favor of gun safety. It's just the NRA that used it, you know, oh, the liberals are coming to take your guns. You know? Right. Um, to like, become. and so it's, I think it's since like the 50s, roughly, that, okay. uh, or maybe even the 70s, even later, but like yeah. that's when it's just gotten so out of control now uh-huh. that, you know, gun laws in the states are such that you can literally walk around with basically automatic way so they're not open they're carry yeah you know mm-hmm. um yeah i mean if you're white if you're a black person <laughs> you're holding a sandwich Ooh.
0: <laughs> you could kill somebody with that bologna sandwich
1: you know that that <laughs> subway sandwich is looking at i just reading you know and every day there was a guy i think in virginia he was on the phone
0: uh-huh. you know it's like
1: anything in your head or perceiving nothing right so yes yeah, so you have these open carry states where it's insane Generally white men with really long nasty beards. I've seen the pictures.
0: Yeah. I'm not stereotyping.
1: I'm just looking <laughs> at the pictures. <laughs> they can walk around with, yeah. you know, strap looking like the little Rambo fantasies. But right. the rest of us, I would not recommend that.
0: That's the thing. Like I teach this in my classrooms and I I asked them, I was like I was like, what is it about stereotypes? And appropriation, like black face, yellow face, red face, brown face. What is it about these things that is so negative? I ask them and they'll just be like, Oh, it's racist. It's demeaning, it's dehumanizing. I was like, okay, so, but then really, why is it bad? Like you're, you're just giving me words. Why is it bad? And they just keep giving me the same kind of words. And I say, it's because if you can reduce a person down to something, it's easy to enslave them, you know? It's a mental thing. Like, you know, you're mentioning these white settlers and they're f- they, them writing the constitution out of fear, you know? Out of defensiveness and fear, right? Because they have the colonial oppression, but they're also oppressing, right? All around them. So, I mean, to me, that's like the most unhappy person. That's what I see, you know? A person who has just, like, enemies from coming down from the top down and then enemies that they're suppressing or killing around them as an extremely unhappy person. And it's like, well, if that person is like that unhappy and they're objectifying whole bodies, you know, murdering, raping, killing whole entire, like groups of people massacres, right? Then, it's like they have to get to a certain point to be able to do that mentally, emotionally. I mean, they gotta cut disconnect from their humanity. The only way to do that is to self-traumatize by creating stereotypes, objectification, you know, reduction, dehumanize, dehumanizing, you know, debasing is to the ability to not see humanity in another person is a skill that you develop, right? And they did that generation after generation. And it's just like man you know you white people with the colonial mentality you guys are pitiful i mean i i feel bad for you you're so disconnected from your humanity right and that's what i explained to them i'm like if you dehumanize somebody debase somebody down to something like that it's dangerous because your thinking will be oh well you can enslave these people you know like even think about just aside from race let's think about it in terms of like neoliberal terms or class terms right you know you you go to college you pay tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars to go to fucking college you're in debt your first job is a goddamn internship and they don't pay you a cent and they say you should be so lucky you interviewed in order to come here work for us for free you little piece of shit. and they treat you like shit at the internship all of that to me is another aspect of that disconnection dehumanization not worrying how that intern that kid will eat and support themselves not worrying what they're, whether or not they have health care you know all of that is disconnection and dehumanization and i just feel like we need to understand beyond beyond these terms like you know, rhetoric is important as we talked about, right? Like gun safety. I love that, you know, like being able to come up with terms. I mean, that's why we have lawyers, right? You know, people who are craftsmen of languages. That's why we have professors, academics. They are very, you know, they're, they're gifted in terms of, you know, speech and words, right? That's why we turn to them. But it's like, let's really name, name things that connect us to the feeling the affective part, because I feel like, you know, the students were kind of naming things rotely, you know, whatever they read from Salon or Slate or whatever, NPR, They're like dehumanizing, it's offensive, it's racist, it's, it's, uh, it's appropriation, it's whatevs, you know, but I'm like, tell me why, why you feel like this is wrong. We've got to feel it, you know, if we don't feel it, even the liberals will make mistakes. They make them all the time. Cause they don't feel, they just name, right? I mean, do you see that sometimes like liberals who they have the words they have, they have that down, they have the language, but I'm, I'm like, are you feeling this?
1: Exactly. So yeah, it's this thing where it's like, what is it called? It's like the, like the woke economy or something mm-hmm. like that, you know, there's all this, this currency, you know, you want to position. So if you would be seen in a certain way and so you say all the right things, but what are you doing behind that? So my new thing is, um, I want to see the action behind the words right you know so Mm -hmm. uh like for example i'm i i I like i I like to sue people it's a hobby i (laughs) once, in small claims for over a hundred dollars all right like listen i don't care i will come i don't care who you are i'm happy so i'm suing next employer um the name is Ziegasola. they're a magazine here in germany queer magazine um i was the only non-white editor
0: wow
1: ever (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh huh.
1: like ever like 30 plus year history of this magazine do we think there might be something going on there i don't know so then when i'm treated differently and i'm like y'all right and then you know this you know kind of like knocking door, hi sorry to bother you. i'll just want to let you know that you might have discriminated against me maybe <laughs> you should do something about it you know just like a friendly little hey right um <laughs> it's just this defensiveness and it's like no but i'm the good guy Right. no 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 no, no. You no, know, no, I, 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 eat, I eat at that Jamaican restaurant. No, uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, even I mean, like literally this comes up every time, especially here in Germany. Um, whenever white people start to get, de- you know they get defensive because then literally this guy goes to me, uh, but uh, I'm friends with Hassan on the corner, not Hassan, our neighbor. We, 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 we watched exactly when he moved into the neighborhood. <laughs> we were making sure he wasn't stealing anything. <laughs> you know, so well, we just wanted to check Hassan. I know the Hassan I am... so there's this you know this is I want to position myself I want to be seen a certain way but am I going to be let's start here hiring people am I going to be living in a de- is living in a diverse neighborhood important to me right right is sending my kids to a diverse school is that important to me right so you, you can really see you know all these people will have these great ideas in principle right and then it's like okay but what what so now you have the choice, what town are you moving to? Okay, for which mm-hmm. school district and why and your tax dollars are going mm-hmm. where and who are you supporting and who are you hiring and who are you, when I, when I see those actions behind those words, because right now people think that 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 they can say the thing and stop, you know, the hashtag and stop. They, mm-hmm. they don't think they have to go any further than that. And I'm not saying everyone needs to be out here on the streets. It's kind of dangerous yeah. right now. If you need to go right. home, there's a pandemic. Sure. Stay home, right? But so not mm-hmm. everyone, we don't all need to be doing the same things. But we all need to be doing more. Everything we're doing needs to be doing more. And if people think it's enough to, you know, put a little black square on their Instagram, <laughs> you know, like put that black square and that, and I did it. Yay, we beat racism. It's like, no, 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 no. Let me explain this works. Racism is, is a system that we are all contributing to all unless we're fighting against it all of us and even yeah. if we're fighting against it most of the time there can be some of the times when we fall right back into that role that was assigned to us always so it's like
0: mm-hmm.
1: never ending all encompassing yes you, you got you got to keep going and you, you can never stop and you've got to keep examining in yourself you know i try to do this with myself like oh Why did I just think of that about that person or Mm -hmm. in that circumstance? Or where does that come from? Woof, like, uh, you know, like, what have I been Mm -hmm. reading or what have I been consuming? Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. um, guilty pleasure that I'm going to admit. um, So with my husband, we have a rule that, uh, like, we cannot, uh, I mean, I was like, look, I'm not watching anything on Netflix that doesn't have black people in it, Mm. unless it's aliens, because I really like (laughs) my science fiction, you know? So I'm like, (laughs) And then he'll he'll, like, really? Can we watch this? That, and I'm like, are the black people in it? No, 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 no. no. He was traveling. I recently, so this is the guilty admission. I've started watching The Crown. Now, I know you might not, and yes, black people know, but I've decided they're not human. They're aliens. They're in my aliens category. They are 100%. I
0: agree. This is not. (laughs) I
1: agree. This is not normal. But even that show, it's so awful because everything the british monarchy represents you know just like racism it just it dresses up really it dresses up so well you know
0: Oof.
1: they wear their little little funny hats you know you put them in their little big ass big ass big ass homes with the homes <laughs> on top of the homes hallways that are whole avenues just <laughs> and you know it looks really nice and so that's the problem you know racism look uh, who doesn't want to be you know, sitting on the yeah. porch drinking mint juleps while everyone does everything <laughs> for you. You know, all men are created equal. Now get back to the fields. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> that's not that's a nice life. You know, I get to rape whomever I want, I get to steal whatever I want, and you're gonna build statues to me, and they're gonna <laughs> stay up for hundreds of years. You're gonna ignore all my crimes. That's nice.
0: Yep. Who doesn't you're gonna put that? you're gonna put a portrait of me up in your governments, your government buildings, right? That was the other harrowing thing, you know? Like, I think it was like maybe season two of The Crown, like when she's doing that tour, when the queen's doing that tour and she's in like, I don't know, like like basically non-white countries. And there's like a fucking painting of her like in the government spaces of those countries. I'm just like, ah, you know, like if I saw that like in my country, Like, if I saw that in, like, either in America or in Korea, if I saw a painting of some white lady, you know, who, who did no good to my country, if I saw that, I would be outraged. But those people have to just live with it. Mm -hmm. They don't have a fucking choice. They have to fucking live with it. But, you know, it's like, but woe is the queen. (laughs) It's like, her husband might be cheating on her. Poor queen. Right. <laughs> that's a but honestly, the Crown's a really good fucking show. I mean I got a hand of them. It was so good.
1: I like i eat like I just the whole first season, It it just I know. Like, so I'm, 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 it's like ah uh, cause it's, 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 okay, so I, I used to live in London and I remember when I got to London I was still watching Downtown Abbey because that was like <laughs> Michelle Obama was watching Downtown Abbey. I was like, that's a good <laughs> recommendation. That's literally yeah. I, started, I started watching Donna Abbey because yeah. I, mean, I don't talk to Michelle, but you know, she was <laughs> on an interview, okay. she was talking about Dr. Abbey, so I was like, I oh, watched it. And okay. then I get to England and I'm like, oh no, I'm like, no, y'all still do, oh, no, that was, that's <laughs> cute on a little screen when it's like all weird and like a long time ago. But once I was like living there
0: yeah. and living
1: there, realizing that, here's fun thing. So two things. So when I moved to the UK, um, my taxpayer money was being spent to support these people living in their big ass houses. So yeah, you know, right. their British taxpayers pack- t- pack- t- pay for that. Yeah. But to bring it back to you know slavery discussion, when I moved to the United Kingdom in the year 2013, until I think it was the year 2015, so for two of the years I lived there, every month I was working and paying taxes. Some of my tax money was being used to pay off the loan that the British government took out in the 1830s for reparations of slavery. Now stop, don't get too excited. Not reparations to the enslaved people, reparations to the enslavers. <gasps> so in the what? 1830s, the British government banned slavery and all the these white settlers in the Caribbean were hella mad about it. So the British government said, Here's a check. You know how we were all really excited about our, like, you know, maybe maybe you got that 1400 stimulus check. You know how excited we were? Put some zeros on that. All these plantation masters, so-called, got checks from the British government in the 1830s. British government spent 200 years basically paying that off. So that when my, can I say black ass? My black ass shows up (laughs) 200 years later, and this is the thing that people don't get, they're like, oh, slavery was so long ago. I'm like, no, I literally, just, I'm still paying for your, your great, 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 grand, grandfather, you know, your tuition, you know how your little trust fund that sent you off to Eton or wherever, that little trust fund you got? Yeah, I'm paying for that. And this is what people don't understand. They think, oh, it's so long ago, get over it. It's like, literally, they're still paying off the loans to the slave owners, not the enslaved people, the owners.
0: That's the rapists, murderers, and thieves. That is insane. That is nuts. That is so warped on so many levels. Oh my gosh. Like, I can't even and, wrap my mind around it. And I'll tell you this. And it's how
1: did this come out? <laughs> so, like, there, the, the IRS over there is called HMRC Her Majesty's Revenue and Customs. Anyway, <laughs> they sent out a tweet. <laughs> They put out a tweet. They were like, Oh, just let you know, just paid off the loan from the eighteen thirties. And some journalists journalists like, wait, wait, what loan? How old was this loan? Wait, eight you said eighteen thirty. So they like it had to like get unraveled after that. But it was just a tweet. We're like, Oh, just made the last interest payment.
0: Oh my god. I got like goosebumps all over my body. So that's how much I'm freaked out by that news. That's horrifying. You know, yeah. This country, man. Fucking America. I mean, this world, really. <laughs> um, There was this, uh, like, I think NET or P- like, NET eventually became PBS, but there was this program. So, like, okay, so we had Amos and Andy and Balua, those, like, racist, you know, black caricature, mm-hmm. blackface TV shows when television first started. But then for 10 years, there were, like, zero black TV shows, like, black family center TV shows. There was, like, none. Um, And there was like, you know, civil rights movement was happening was like all of that was happening, but they didn't make any black TV black family TV shows. But then they had like on public broadcasting like PPS where they would have like Downton Abbey and shit. They had a show called the history of the Negro people. It was I think it was um, it was narrated. It was hosted by Ossie. Is it Ossie Davis? He played the mayor. Yeah. He played the mayor and and Spike Lee's do the right thing, but he's host, he's hosting it. And basically in that program, they say the reason why, and this goes back to the dehumanization and like, why is, why is this incorrect? Like the Europeans looked upon all of Africa and its peoples as children. Like that was their, that was how it came in that, that was the perspective they came in with. Right. So, to infantilize an entire continent of people the hubris the arrogance it's like where do you get it where do you get it no but just to like wrap up my point i just find the the hubris of the white man just really that's some like out like out there shit, you know it's like really like wow your hubris you know like i i they they do have, like, whiteness studies, you know, they have, like, colonial studies, they have it, but I just, I'm still baffled by, like, what does it take for a man to feel empowered to just be, like, I'm gonna just enslave an entire continent and its peoples and dislocate them, and it's, like, where where does that come from? Like, how is, but, you know, honestly, like, asking that question is just as silly as, like, Because I remember in the seventh grade when I was first learning about like, you know, like the anti-Semitism and all that. um, I was like, like, why did the Nazis kill all these Jews? And my teacher was just like, Grace, that's an answer that like historians and philosophers spend ages trying to answer. And there just is no answer. You know, like, how do you answer a question like that? I don't know. It bums me out, actually. It, it makes me profoundly sad. <laughs> okay, I want to get us to some fun stuff, and then we'll wrap up. So I'm going to ask you some flashcard questions based on this Korean TV show that I really like. Let's say you're a 17-year-old girl in high school. Your, your name is uh, Sun Tuk Sun, and it's the year 1988, Seoul Summer Olympics. Okay. And you got chosen to be a signpost carrier for the country Madagascar and you've been practicing in the dead of the summer heat working really hard walking upright wearing makeup you know carrying this sign you know keeping up with the rhythm and the pacing cuz you know you got all these hunches of other people you know performing mm-hmm. for the you know summer olympics opening ceremony and you're being interviewed on live television about your work but then the anchor tells you on camera, live, that Madagascar has pulled out of the Olympic Games last minute, so your services are no longer needed. What do you do?
1: Apps, I find we getting extras for these Olympics. Hey, okay, I'm going out.
0: How old am I? Can I get 17?: 17)
1: I'm yeah, probably going to turn the tricks anyway. I'm getting people at these Olympics because, you know, like who's going to, you know, Madagascar, just yeah. get some extras for this little event, pay them out. No one's going to know. It's fine. No one expects Madagascar to do well anyway, right? Like they just have yeah. to show up. It's like, I was reading about the guy who, um, like, I think it was like the London Olympics just watched it and just became a rower like three months before the Olympics. Because every, every country gets to send someone,
0: you know. Like, oh, it, right. You don't need to
1: be the best in the world. You just need to be the best in that country. So
0: right, right. You just have to know how to do it.
1: Yeah, You have
0: it's, to know how to row.
1: Like enroll anyone. Be like, no, no, I'm sorry, I don't think you, so. My full responsibility. No, I don't think you have your facts straight. I've spoken with the Madagascar Olympic Committee this morning, and um, we're sorting that out. No, we're not letting. No, no, we're not. You're not killing my dreams, Madagascar. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> We're okay. going to hit a whole new flag. We're just going to get a whole new country in there. <laughs> off of Madagascar.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Shit. So you'll take you'll take it into your own hands. All right. Take matters yeah. into your hands. That's good. I like that. I like a chick with agency. You know. Yeah. It's the best. All right. So let's say you're a 17 year old boy. Your name is Tong Yu, mm-hmm. and you got hemorrhoids. Right, okay. You're embarrassed to tell anyone about it. So. You don't go to the doctor or tell your parents that you need to see a doctor. Instead, you read in a medical textbook that shoving raw garlic up your asshole might make the swelling go down. So you do it. But while playing soccer, you fall on your ass. And when you stand up, your asshole is bleeding through your pants and all your friends see it. What do you do?
1: Ooh, girl. Um, this is where you have, to, you have to lean into a bigger lie. So I'm going to say there was a gerbil up there. And I unfortunately that poor gerbil, got crushed to life, and what a gerbil. And then I'm going to tell them the whole Richard Gear story. <laughs> you, know, you put a gerbil up your asshole, and then they're 17 year old boys that just want to get off, right? So you used to flex yeah. these away from hemorrhoids
0: uh, to something uh,
1: sexual. Yeah. But you don't have a gerbil up, you know, you just have to like own it. Again, you just have to own it. Yes. You know? And then make yes. other people think they're missing out on what you're doing.
0: That's right. Yeah, that's always the best way to go. No matter how embarrassing or awful it is, just own it. Own it, pretend like it's part of the plan.
1: You know, just like, oh, We're going to have to get another gerbil. And they're going to be like, oh, it's a whole new thing. And then just find, I don't know, (laughs) is is it funny to find a whole other country? It's like, it's all the rage in Europe, you know, just put a little gerbil up. You know, just make them think it's fancy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Yeah, put a charcuterie plate next to your ass and be like, it's part of the experience. Yeah, just let them nibble at it. It's fine. It's
1: fine. It's, fine. it's like okay. one of yeah. All
0: right, great. Okay. I admit nothing
1: is what I'm doing. <laughs> right? I'm leaning into everything
0: as hard as I can. Yes, lean in. Beautiful. Okay, let's say uh, you're the 17-year-old girl, Tucksun, again, and uh, your neighbor, Sonu, is a a really nice guy. He's really sweet, and he's a good-looking kid, and he's always looking out for you, and he's really sweet to you. And your two best friends say that he likes you based on the way he's behaving. So you assume that he likes you, and you start to like him back. But one day, you find out that he actually has a crush on your older sister. What do you do? How much older is the sister? Like a couple years.
1: Okay, but we look alike.
0: Nothing (laughs) alike. Nothing Nothing alike.
1: alike. Okay, because if he's got good D, right? Like I don't care. I don't care. All into me? No, no, no. You do not get to be into the oldest sister. I can play the oldest. You know, everyone likes maybe like a little cheerleading costume. help the sister just to get that deep because if you got got to like that then like whatever just get him okay well okay not get him drunk maybe okay let's, <laughs> let's keep some consent involved all right okay yes. not get him drunk but just you know starting my hair a little differently you know walk with a bit more confidence
0: okay he just,
1: he just might might have a thing for older women but once i really put it on him he's going to be all into the 17 year old
0: okay? oh all right he's going to be
1: yeah, he's gonna consent. He's gonna consent.
0: Yeah, but I'm with that D, <laughs> right? Yeah. He's, yeah.
1: No, my sister ain't getting that. She off. Mm-hmm. She has. That.
0: So you would use your youth to your advantage. Yes. Yes. All First,
1: right. I, would, I would. I would. You know, walk with more confidence. Give him that older woman vibe. You know. Uh huh. Maybe like, <laughs> a little, check, you know, just lean on it. Yeah. He's coming. For he's coming for me. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. All right, fine. Great, great. She has won oh, enough her yeah. entire
1: life. No, I'm getting this.
0: <laughs> okay. All right, all right, let's say uh, you're a Paduk player, all right? You know Go, that that game game of Go. It's like the little white and black stones. Yeah. So you're a Paduk player, very famous Paduk player named Chetek. And you have a crush on your neighbor and childhood friend, Duk that chick, right? And you want to ask her out you later find a photo of her inside your best friend's wallet what do you do the best friend has to go <laughs> okay
1: because he's like a stalker oh, i'm just protecting my love interest from this he has nothing to do with her i'm not even going to ask him we're just going to go out on like do, they, do, we do hunting trips on the way to the, they're just going to be you just got to go I do not like competition. Is this coming through?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to win it
1: all. Always. always. It sounds if like it, it. Yeah. rid of that competition. Yeah. He's got to be there for me. No, mm-hmm. I mean, if it's, how long have I known this best friend? Maybe, you know.
0: Oh, your whole life. My whole life. Yeah. Oh, okay. Then
1: there is bros before Hosts. This uh-huh. is a
0: thing. It is a thing in the zeitgeist. <laughs> bros <laughs> before Hosts.
1: Apply. Um,. Are we all like swingers? Because I come from a place where everyone wins.
0: These are high school kids. No. <laughs> they grow up very fast. You know, <laughs> it's was like, the year 1988. It's you know. I don't know. They're they're very, you know, like Can't
1: we all just
0: get along? <laughs> we can make this work for everyone. You know that win-win-win situation. Yeah. Okay, do like the, the Mormons do, kind of share and exactly. pass exactly. around. Exactly. She's, not She's going to realize
1: that at some point anyway. So, you know, yeah. it's like, you try them out, with me, and then it'll be fine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Okay. <laughs> Reasons for the win.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, okay, okay. All right. All right. Let's say you're an 18-year-old high school kid named Hanu, and you have a crush on your older neighbor, Bora. All right, this is Tok older sister. And she's a couple years older than you are. And she goes to you know, a fancy college and she has a boyfriend and you confess your love to her. And she tells you that she's always seen you as her little brother, nothing more. What do you do?
1: You gotta wait this one out, all right? Cause you're 18, you can't come in hard. You ain't got nothing to offer this woman. You ain't got no car, no driver's license, no right. credit card. You ain't got nothing, listen. You just gonna have to wait, all right? Let them get married, let them live their whole life, and then, you know, around like year two, year three of that marriage, when he's not paying her no more attention, that's when that guy who's always been there, she's been always relying on You just gotta play the long game on this one, all right? Don't come in hard, wait maybe like five, seven years, woke up in the meantime, you know, you gotta really like have your eyes on the prize and then slide into her DMs. <laughs> Promise you she gonna think different. Promise.
0: Yes. The long haul, the long game. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, the long con, like Shawshank Redemption. Yeah,
1: because 18, (laughs) eh, no. 18 year old boy, no. no. (sighs)
0: Uh, Gross. 25 year old. (laughs) Yeah. 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 When I was 18, I broke up with my eighteen year old boyfriend to be with a 25 year old. (laughs) (laughs) Haven't we all? Okay. Have yeah, not we all? It's that so age you're when just, you're 18, oh, no, they we'll leave, leave you,
1: you. <laughs> yeah, wait it out. She'll be desperate, <laughs> okay? Yes. She will be desperate, and then you're gonna be all you know, having some abs, maybe get some abs, ah, yeah.
0: yeah? So but work on yourself, yeah. yeah? Yeah, I like that. Okay, beautiful, awesome. All right, final, final question. Let's say you're an 18-year-old high school girl, named same girl, you go to a restaurant with your friends, and you briefly excuse yourself to go to the bathroom, which is downstairs of a very sketchy building, and a strange man appears wearing a long trench coat, and he opens his coat, and he's butt-ass naked, and he flashes you. What do you do?
1: Mm-mm. i'm gonna have my, my camera phone on ready okay camera phone ready flash record the whole thing i'm a TikToker. tocker he does not have a very influential TikToker, okay so this is going up i'm gonna get all my stamps because you know like k-pop fans they they crazy they good <laughs> they they can buy up all the tickets to you know trump rallies to make sure no one goes so I'm going to have this man's information out there fast. They're going to get his face. They're going to get his name. They're going to know where he's works, They're going to send his, his mama to like his, his whole office. No, no, you ain't flashing me and getting away with it. No, we coming for you. We ready for you. Actually, This was a setup. Okay. No. He's going down. He's going down. And I might get like a few more million followers out of it. It's- yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: It's a social justice work. Yeah. Don't, don't flash Joe, everybody. And this is why I want to show my
1: my knowledge of contemporary Korean affairs. I think Korean men right now don't like this symbol because it makes them think you've got like a, they've got a small dick. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's like a thing. So if you put this like all like ad agencies, if they see this, like they're like incels go crazy. So I'm just going to, you know, do this in a little video. to like piss off. Piss them off even more, and we're going to have a whole feminist movement out of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: All right, beautiful. I love that. <laughs> that wraps it up for us, Joe. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time, all yeah, the insights, <laughs> all the technical difficulties that we we uh, we overcame. We overcame yeah. them.
1: Yeah.
0: And I wish you could see me right now. I've got
1: everything. Like I've learned. <laughs> I'm like, no, we're not going out this way again.
0: You have a production crew and a team waiting. Yes. All right. It was awesome.